Uh, this morning, like I've already told you, the Lord has just kind of pressed into my heart uh, a gratefulness. And uh, the title of today's message is uh, The Joy of a Glad Heart. And um, I just want to kind of point out a few things in the scriptures that I'm thankful for that Paul, actually we're going to be looking, if you want to turn in your Bibles to uh, Philippians chapter 1, we'll look at a few places in, in the book of Philippians, but we're going to be uh, in, in chapter 1 primarily. And what I want to point out today is how grateful Paul was for the Philippian church. And as I've been studying the unity of the churches and God's people, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, baggage that comes along with um, unifying a broken and divided people. Because, see, just because they're God's people doesn't mean that they're perfect. Now, they're perfect in God's eyes because they have imputed righteousness, meaning that, you know, Paul even says, I have no righteousness of my own. There's nothing good in me except Jesus. And so Jesus, we know uh, in, in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. But we all know that that doesn't mean that as soon as we get saved, we become perfect people. We never sin again, right? I mean, raise your hand if you sin today. The rest of you lied, and now you can raise your hand too. <clears throat> so we all sin every day. We've got this sin issue, and, and we're, we are overcoming sin. You've been given what you need to overcome sin uh, if you've been born again by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, the same power that raised him from the dead and overcame and conquered death and sin and Satan is the same power that lives inside of you, and you have that dwelling in you, and you can now actually overcome sin. Uh, you have been enabled to overcome and defeat sin. You no longer have to live in sin. Now, some of you choose to, and I choose to go back to sin from time to time. I hate the fact that I do, but I'm a human being, and that's what I do, and so there, there are none righteous, no, not one, uh, and, and Paul recognizes that. He says, I'm the chief of all sinners. Uh, he says, but you know what? I'm, I'm very grateful uh, for what God is doing in, in these people, uh, in, in the way that he is moving, in the way that they are uh, being used by God, and, and, and several different things line up, and as I was, ta I was, as I was thinking about what God is doing in uniting his church, like I said, it's kind of a it's a daunting task because there's so much baggage wrapped up in that. And, oh, man, you know, as, as I've been preaching and receiving the vision of the Lord that the Lord is giving me of, uh, and it's been a, a wild ride. I mean, um, in the past couple of months, I mean, um, last month particularly, we've in our Wednesday night men's group, if we've, we've been, it's looked different every time. Uh, we've been, we've, we've prayed and just been drunk in the spirit sometimes, just, you know, the Lord falling. We're just like, oh, man, you know, and. And all of us just 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 was filled up full of the Holy Spirit and and, and just having a good time and, and very encouraged and receiving power and and I think God was moving in such a mighty way and then other times have been just just kind of praising and worshiping the Lord and other times have been teaching moments where the Lord has unfolded a lot of good theology and vision for us and uh, all of us were kind of blown away about how He tied things together and so uh, we've looked at several different things and. Um, this idea has been pressed on us and pressed on me in the past uh, month or two months of that God has called me in particular, us in general, and I think this word applies to all believers, but us specifically. Uh, if you're sitting under the sound of my voice, then I think that you have seen the vision that God has given me, and, it, and at least you're very intrigued or very interested um, in what God is doing. A lot of you have already bought in, uh, sold out, and you're ready to go. You're all in, and, and for that, I praise God. But the, the not a unique vision, but a specific vision that the Lord has given me for myself and for this church is to be burden bearers. And I, think I see a lot of guys shaking their heads because they've seen that as well. It's not just something I fabricated out of thin air. And, and Christians in general are supposed to be burden bearers, but everyone has different gifts. Everybody has a certain amount of weight they can bear, and people are built differently. And so a lot of you out there, a lot of people I can see, and a lot of men I know, and a lot of women I know, I know that some of you, your personality is geared toward you do one thing good, but don't put anything else on me because I will crumble under that pressure. And that's okay because those people tend to be really needed in those one things. But I also see other people out here that they are, they're like mules. They can carry a lot of weight and they can just keep on doing. Now, they might not be the, you know, sharpest people in the world. They might not be the prettiest people in the world, but boy, can they carry a load. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not calling you ugly. I'm just calling it how it is. I would consider myself a mule too. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the best preacher in the world. I'm just. I'm just not. You know. I'm not the best businessman in the world. I'm not. 
I'm not the best leader in the world, and if you ask Shanda Flynn, I'm one of the worst organizational people you'll ever meet in your entire life. I am a, I'm, a, I'm an organized person's nightmare, ask Pam Ward, because, um, you know, I'm like, you know, they're like, what are we going to do about this, 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 and this? And I know that we need a plan right there, but I'm like, just trust the Lord. <laughs> in, in all reality, I should say, I have no idea. <laughs> so we've just been trying to find, and our, work, and our gifts work together, don't they, Shanda? So Shanda keeps me straight, and Pam keeps me straight, and all these other people keep me straight. But you know what, we're just, and all this is going somewhere. I have a plan here, because what I'm trying to say is that we're all built differently, but we've all been called to one thing, and that is to bear each other's burdens for the glory of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. Um, and I'll tell you right now, um, if, if Shanda wasn't for Jesus, she'd have quit a long time ago. And Shanda said, because I know that she's uh, pulled a few hairs, hairs out because of me. And I, and I hope I've been a blessing to her. I, I think that we've been a blessing to one another. But what I'm saying is, is that it takes that to do this. What you've seen God do in this church, I think I've not seen it before. Now, I've not been all over the world, and I know it's happened before. We're not unique to, to all believers in the world. This is happening even on greater scales, but it's happening here in our city, and it's happened with you where multiple different types of people through different um, ranges of financial wealth and prosperity, uh, different races, different denominations even are in this room. I mean, in this room right here, there are a bunch, but that I know of, there are um, there, there are some Methodists, former Methodists, there are former Catholics in here, Baptists, we've got a lot of Pentecostals in here, um, we've got uh, Mennonite uh, in here, um, all kind of different, all kind of different things, Presbyterians in here, and so uh, I think that this has been a unique place, uh, at least in our area, that I've not seen before where God's like, I'm just going to be the sole purpose over there and the sole function over there, and I'm going to be the sole uh, focus over there so that these people can get over themselves and they can get past what they think to be important and put their eyes on me, and we'll sort that other stuff out later, right? Amen? So as you focus on God and as Jesus Christ becomes your number one uh, mission, your number one um, focus, your number one desire is to see the glory of God go forward, then you can overlook my flaws because I have them. And you can say, well, he's not the best fill in the blank. He's not the best fill in the blank, and he's got these issues fill in the blanks. But you know what? He loves Jesus, and I can rally behind that. And I can look at you, and I can say the same. I say, you know, they don't do this, 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 and this quite like I'd like for them to. But you know what? That, that joker loves Jesus. That, that lady loves Jesus, and she's ready to work. She's put, ready to put her hand to the plow, and she's not going to look back. We can use that. We've got to focus on Jesus, and that's what unifies us. So uh, I want to tell you today that <clears throat> while we've had some bumps and bruises, and there's been some things that we've had to sort out, some details, you're going to have that any time. Uh, while that is a reality in our church, and we're not a perfect church, we're not a better church. I just want you to know that I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for you. And when I say church, we know it can't be a building because we this is the school. This is the church. You're the church. And so I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for how you have put aside your differences. I'm thankful for how you have uh, not just overlooked or swept under the rug, but you have uh, that you have... Uh, been, been sympathetic in my weaknesses and that you have, I've had people call me on some things that I've had and, I'm, and I've, I'm glad because I need that. I need accountability just like you do, but it's always been in love and it's always been in peace with the mind of Christ going towards his glory and that's what we have to have. That's what we have to have. It's about Jesus, guys. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. Now, let's get into the word because I can't just run my mouth all day because that wouldn't be any good. Let's get into the word and let's look and see <clears throat> what it is that Paul says about his church that he was so grateful for. And I want to see uh, where uh, we can say, praise the Lord for how well we've done and maybe some ways that we could do better. How about that? Good? Everybody say amen. Only if you agree. So all of you agree. Praise the Lord. All right, we're in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 3, and we're just going to let the Lord lead. How about that? I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer. Now, this is Paul speaking to the Philippian church. <clears throat> he is writing this um, in the midst of an imprisonment, in the midst of uh, persecution and trial and tribulation, and nothing's going right in his life, so it would seem from an outside perspective. If you didn't love Jesus, you would look at him and say, you're freaking nuts for putting up with this because it's not worth it. He had been beat, he had been flawed, he had been shipwrecked, abandoned, and swam in the sea because he was going to die. He had been stoned and left for dead. He's been in, uh, in prison and all these different things. And he says, 
in all of this, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy. He's got a joyous heart. He's got a joyous heart. Because of your partnership, that's a key word right there. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I could spend hours and hours and hours just on those four or five words. Because I want you to notice a couple of things. I'm going to keep reading, but I want you to notice a couple of things. It says, because, he says, you're making my prayer with all joy. I'm praying with joy in my heart. Now listen, I want, now some of you, you're just in here. And you're, you, I'm, I'm asking you to listen to me. Some of you are men who have walked hand in hand with me. I want you to really listen. And I want you to really take this to heart. You want to know how to make this church better? You want to know how to make this, this unit of soldiers better? Then listen to the words that are coming out of the word of God. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, this is, this is not my call. This is our call. And you are to partner with me and with each other for the glory of God and for the, for the promoting and the expansion of the kingdom of God. How are you to do that? It says, uh, in your, because you, of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, how many people in churches give the pastor a fit because they're always about to leave. You don't know how many pastors I talk to and, and they've got somebody who they'll go, come and they'll go and they'll come and they'll go and it's like, well, it don't really matter where you go to church, you know, you just need to go somewhere. I agree that if you've got a church that loves Jesus, they preach Jesus, they sing Jesus, they give to Jesus, they work for Jesus, they do mission for Jesus, they proclaim Jesus, they proclaim the gospel, they go out, they do, and it's Jesus, 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 I agree. It doesn't really matter which church you go to, you just need to go and you need to plug in and you need to stop jumping churches. Otherwise, you just create work for those that are willing to go the long distance and the long haul. You tear the preacher's nerves up, even though he shouldn't worry. Well, the Bible says don't worry. Well, you follow the entire Bible perfectly. But you're the preacher. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I got somebody come to me and say, where were you at last week? Oh, I was over here. Or, you know, I don't know. Or they come to you and they say, I just don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. You've been thinking about it for two and a half years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You worry the preacher to death. Oh, I'm leaving this. You just worry the preacher to death. Why? It, it doesn't make the prayer with joy. And I'm not saying that uh, in a way that I'm trying to, to, to draw sympathy or pity because I don't have that a lot. And I'm thankful for that. Um, and, and I'm praying. To, now, we've had some people leave, you know, but um, I'm praying that the Lord would help me to be kingdom-minded in all times and in all ways. And so if the Lord calls somebody away, that's fine. But what I am keeping my eye out for are those men and those women who come alongside of me and say, you can count on me. You don't think that's important? Man, how encouraging is it to me that day by day and week by week and month by month, that core group is growing, and I know that I can count on them. Now, there are some of you who are in the balance, and you need to wait and see if the Lord has called you here. But when you feel that call, you need to plug in. You need to be welded to this place by the seal of the Holy Spirit. And you don't need to go until God calls you away. You need to put your hand to the plow and you need to get to work. You need to stop sucking the life out of the church and start being a, a conduit by which life can be poured in. Amen? All right, so let's go on in the scripture. <clears throat> so he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You see, that's where I got that from. So they've been there and they're still there. They've been there, and they, they, they're still there. They're not, they're not bobbing and weaving back and forth. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He trusts God with them. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers uh, with me of grace. That's going to be important, too, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into that in just a second. Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. That'll be important, too, because of the grace that he's talking about. He says, <clears throat> he says, for you are all partakers with me of grace. Now, the question that I had immediately, what, what's your question there? Uh, do you have a question? When you read the Bible, you should ask questions about the text. And what is your question there? Is anybody just a question jump out? Let me read it again. For you are all partakers with me of grace. What's the question? Come on. What's, what's that mean? What's grace? What are we partaking of? 
What's the grace? Salvation. Several different things we could look at. We're going to look at that in just a second. Dig into the word. Don't just read the word. Dig into the word. This word is, is the power of salvation. It will whittle you down to who you need to be. You'll be a nicely toned warrior of God. Um, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Uh, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Man, what a powerful and crazy statement. He just told his people, and if I come up here, I'll say, I yearn for you. <laughs> you know, how would that be? You'd be like, man, this guy loves us, or he's just weird. You know, I yearn for you with the affection that is of Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll, we'll break that down just a, just a little bit too. I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now let's pray before we really get in there. Jesus, I, I, I ask that you would... Uh, take your word and that you would do surgery. God, some under the sound of my voice are already believers, and so I pray that you would whittle them down with the blade. God, that you would, uh, that you, that you would cut away the, the, the rough edges, that you would prune the dead limbs out of there so that they could be sharper, uh, more quick uh, with the word, more quick to discern, and, and more quick to uh, give you everything. God, uh, please, please prune and, and uh, help to... Um, help to shape and mold them. Others here, they don't know you, and so, Lord, we, uh, we need for you to do heart surgery on them. So in those instances, may you take the word of the Lord and, and that you would cut down to the, to the heart, God, and that you would pull out that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh with the surgical word of God, uh, for it is the power and the salvation. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, so <clears throat> we've already broke down a little bit of that right here. And so I want to say, along with Paul, uh, that uh, I do thank my God in all my remembrances of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Now, I don't think that Paul would say he's a perfect prayer, and so, you know, it's got to be, you know, every single... I, what he's saying here is this overwhelming, I'm so very thankful for you, and, and, and all the time I'm praying and thanking God and, and, and praying for you and lifting you up and, and, and praising the Father because you are on my team, because you are with me in the gospel. And along with Paul, I stand up here and I say, praise the Lord for who he has put into my life, who has partnered with me in the gospel so that the gospel of Jesus Christ might go forward faster, quicker, and better. You see, God doesn't need me to do what he's going to do, but he's allowed me to be a part of what he's going to do. And he doesn't need you to do what he's going to do because he's a great God. He's sovereign over all things. He can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. He doesn't have to have you here, but he's allowed you to be a partaker with me, with us, that we might be used by God to spread his word and to build the kingdom of God. Amen? This is a great honor for us. This is a great grace for us. And so I thank God that I have a team in this room that, is, that are willing to link arms with me. Not that, not that I would be demanding of you or that you would be demanding of me because I've seen it both ways. I've seen pastors who demand and, and demean people because they're not at church when they're supposed to be and just, you gotta, and that's not right. But I've also seen it the exact opposite way. We sat in a, a, a band of brothers meeting with the, South, with the Southern Baptist Convention. We went to, and I love the Southern Baptist Convention. They're doing some great things. They've got a church planning building movement that's going right now that's very beneficial to us and very, very beneficial to other people. But I'm telling you right now <clears throat> that they're struggling too as individuals. <clears throat> and one of the biggest reasons that they're struggling right now is because a lot of the Southern Baptist churches that are already built and already founded, they have a church government system that's not evil, but it's not in line with the scriptures quite like it should be. So they have one pastor, one pastor who is all by himself. And the whole conference that we went to was talking about how can these, it was called Band of Brothers, and how can all of these different churches band all of their pastors together so that they would have a team. And time after time, you can ask anybody that was there with me, time after time, the pain that we heard in the pastor's voice came from the fact that their congregations ruled and dominated the vision of God. They shut the pastors down. We talked to one in particular that comes to my mind 
and he was ready to quit. He was ready to give up. We talked and prayed with him. We said, brother, what's going on? He said, I want to go over here and spread the gospel. I want to do this and spread the gospel, but my people won't move because they're too comfortable in their place. He said, they won't let me do what God's calling me to do. So we see pastors dominate congregations, but we also see uh, congregations dominate pastors. Praise the Lord, we work together. We have to keep working together, and we have to defeat the enemy through Jesus Christ and his gospel and the word of God as he tries to come in and create division, and he tries to come in and create another way of doing things that he has said nothing about in his word. We have to put God's word first so that Jesus Christ is glorified to the max. We've got to work together. This is not a Brandon Poirier show, and you want to get together, and let me tell you how uh, I need help. And then you can tell me how you need help. You see, and, and I wouldn't plan it on this, but really what goes along with that too is a lot of, the, a lot of congregations think that, uh, you know, they need to line up outside the pastor's door so the pastor can pray over them. And, and that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, we'll read a section of scripture in just a second where it says that the elders, the leaders in the church are the keeper of your souls, which is both terrifying and amazingly awesome. But also... The scriptures very clearly talk about us praying for those in leadership. So you should be praying for me as much as I'm praying for you. As much as you take from me, you should give. See, this is a side-by-side thing. A side-by-side thing. I want to tell you today that I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for you because you do come alongside of me. And though you ask and I try to pour, you pour into me too. I'm so very thankful for you, and I love you. I'm appreciative of what God's doing in your life. The encouragement that I see from these men down here praying, the encouragement that I, that I hear when I hear you singing and seeking the Lord, the encouragement that I have when you are texting me and you're texting me scripture, and I see you posting on Facebook, and I see the change in your lives, and I see how you are being used by God. It's so encouraging to me. It's so, you are an awesome church. I want you to know that. And I'm not saying this to, to, to blow your head up. I'm telling you that God is pleased. And it's all about God. We've got some stuff to work out, but I believe God is pleased. I'm, I'm thankful. He goes on, he says, uh, I'm praying all the time for you, always in every prayer of mine, uh, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the, gospel, in the gospel from the first day until now. Hey, listen, this has been a group effort from day one. This has been a group effort from day one, and I'm so very thankful for that. We've got people who step up, and they'll say, <clears throat> I know you can't handle that, preacher, because you ain't got enough time. I'll do that. I don't know how many times this week I've been asked by, by different people, hey, can I pick anything up for you? Can I go here for you? Can I, what can I do for you? Is there any work to be done at the church? And, you know, is there, can I do this? Can I do that? Hey, text me and say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm, 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 I love you. I'm, I'm here for you. Is there anything I can do for you? You see, this is a partnership. A lot of people think that, oh, that's the pastor job. They come and suck, and they, they take, and they take, and they take, and they take, and then they go home, and they come back next week, and they take, and they take, and they take, and they take. You're not like that. Well, maybe some of you. But for the most part, you guys aren't like that. I'm so thankful. Man, what? <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not, but it's Hambone's quote, so I'm going I'm to say it. Hamal said, if you do anything, the well will be there. You put an event together, and the well will be there. And he said, you could have a poop contest, and the well would be there. Not my words, his, and I changed one word. I say that to make a point is that you guys love each other. You guys love each other. You don't put all the weight on me. Now, I go and I go and I go, and the Lord's like, you will rest. And he says, strip throat. And I'm like, oh. I was out for two days last week. My wife's like, get up. There's work to be done. I was like, I can't. <laughs> you come alongside of each other. Not just me. See, it's not about me either. The cool thing is, and this is not a just picture of congregation on the back day. This is a, this is a Jesus glorifying day because the really cool thing is, is that I, I find out sometimes 
just by just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Nobody put it on a trump. Nobody blew the trumpet. Nobody sent out a Facebook message. You know, oh, I'm so glad that I've got to be such an amazing minister today. Don't do that, okay? Don't do that. If you want to praise God for doing something good, but don't go on Facebook and be like, the Lord really used me today to minister to these people. I was glad that they met me. <laughs> don't do that. But I find out sometimes just, just through the grapevine and through different ways of things that you've done, things that, ways that you've given, ways that you've ministered to people and, and visited to people and, and, and picked people up in their weakness and, and loved them when they were broken and unlovable. And I'm just like, praise God. It's not, I'm not alone. We are partners. This is reality. This is, I could write this, what Paul just wrote. This is reality. Praise God. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and so thankful that you're here so long. I won't go back into that, but that, that's, that's a good thing. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you all partakers uh, of me with grace. Now, <clears throat> when he says there that there, this is a partnership, I want you to see that uh, though this is a partnership, uh, someone does have to take the lead. And I, I'm, I know that I have an issue with pride. And so I've been, I, I'm always very hesitant to announce my leadership and talk about how uh, I, you, you are to submit to me and, and, that, and that type of thing. But, and I hate even talking about it, but it's in the Bible, so I shouldn't hate talking about it. This is a fear of man issue. This is actually a weakness for me. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Lord has placed a vision in my heart and he's placed his call in my heart and he said, listen, this is where I want you to go and I want you to proclaim and I want you to rally the troops and get them behind you. And as you follow me, you be careful to follow me because if you're not following me, then they better not follow you. But as you're following me, I'm going to gather around you this group of men and women, this group of believers that is going to follow you as you follow me into the battleground that I want you to go to. Now, I have accepted that call, and I have accepted the vision, and I'm trying my best to, to see it. And, and, and the, the, the worst times that I have of seeing it is when I have my own struggles and my own trials, my own temptations and my own downfalls. But when, when I'm walking with the Lord and when he's got me and when he's keeping me, the vision is very clear, and we're moving in this direction. And the good thing now is, is that he has rallied those troops. And I'm telling you that I'm trying to lead the best of my building. I'm trying to follow Jesus Christ. And as I follow him, you follow me. But if I ever veer from him, stop following me. Because like Paul, Paul says, if anyone preaches another gospel to you, if it's an angel, then he's cursed. Do not follow that man. But as I seek Christ, and as you seek Christ, we move in the same direction, and I'm thankful to God that you are willing to submit and to obey and to move in that direction. Now, let me get you some scriptures because I know that in our culture, even when I use the word obey, my skin goes crawls. If I were to sit here as the lead pastor of this church, as the leader that God has placed over you, it is by no accident that I'm here. It is not anything that I've done, but it's because God has said, I'm going to use a broken and idiotic man to show my strength. I'm going to put him out front and lead this church, and I'm going to give him a vision. I'm going to push him in a direction, and I'm going to rally around him a troop that's going to follow. Now, if I stand up here and I say, Follow me as I follow him and be obedient. Be honest with me. Does that make you kind of cringe? Even though I think you love me, right? Does that make you kind of cringe a little bit, just the word? It does me. Heather says I have a problem with authority. Was that funny? Let me give you some scripture. Hebrews 13, 17 says... Hebrews 13, 7 says, obey your leaders. I know our culture has totally destroyed the word obey. They've totally destroyed the idea of good, godly leadership that are servant leaders. And 
you know, we, and, I, and I've been there, I, I've messed it up too. Uh, we, we demean people, we put people down, we lead them through bullish tactics and we dominate people and we try to make them do what we want them to do. But that's not biblical and we shouldn't respond out of that type of understanding of what it means to obey and submit. We should go with the, with the gospel, the word of God. And Paul, or I, I think, you know, Paul wrote Hebrews, but the author of Hebrews, there's some uh, differences of opinion. But he says, obey your, this is Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls. Thank you, brother. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Now listen to this. As those who will give an account. As those who will give an account. So it's saying, don't cause the leader, don't cause the leaders a bunch of chaos and a bunch of problems. Don't be so stubborn all the time. Don't be so, don't be so quick to jump up and say, who are you to tell me? I don't know, but the Lord put me here. And sometimes it's a weight that I can't hardly bear, but he put me here. And he put a vision in my heart. And he put this call on my life. And this is the way that I'm going. And you can get on board or you cannot. Husbands, this is the same call that you have in your family. You are to servant and lovingly and, 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 and gently lead your family. Lead your family. Lead your family. It does make it hard when your wife and your children continually push against you and beat against you and they, won't, they, won't, they don't want to follow, they want to do their own thing, they want to follow, they want to do their own thing. But how wonderful it is, husbands, how wonderful it is when our wives come alongside us and they draw out our leadership and they bring it to the forefront and they make, they make leading a joy. Wives, and I didn't intend on saying this, but please hear me. For your sake, if you make your husband's leading and leadership a nightmare, you, you're shooting yourself. If you refuse to submit to your husband, if you refuse to go with him, if you refuse to follow him, then you are trying to sink your own ship. That is the way God designed it. And that is the way it will work. It is the only way that it will work. How many people just said, but he's an idiot. I didn't say that he had everything right. And some, sometimes our wives will have to lead us. It's out of order. It's not in the biblical order. But I know my wife, who wasn't my wife then, we were dating, she led me forever. She tried and tried and tried and tried to speak Jesus into my life and led and led and led and led and led. And we've, and she and I have had conversations about this. We've had to pay for that over the years after Jesus Christ has changed my life because she said led for so long, it's tougher. It was tough for us to transition in those roles. So after the Lord changed my life, she had been speaking Jesus into me. So I started trying to speak Jesus into her. And, and for a little while there, it was like, who are you to talk to me like that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Praise the Lord, though. He, he corrects and he molds. And, he, and if we repent and if we listen to his word, then he helps us line up. I want to tell you that though we have struggled from time to time in, in uh, all being on the same page, uh, for the most part in, in, in the life of our two-and-a-half-year-old church, I've had hardly, I've had hardly any issues, which is amazing. Now I hope I'm not speaking all this into existence. You know, don't come afterwards and say, "Well, preacher, since you ain't never had any issues, let me give you some." <laughs> I'm I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful how the church is moving forward and how we're working together and how you, you've. Listen to what the text says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will, will have to give an account. I will answer. Just like husbands, you will answer. You think, husbands, you think that, oh, I'm just meant to be here. I'm just meant to live, and, and I'll do whatever I do. I'll go to work, and I'll provide, and providing is good enough, right? You know, I, I put money on the table. I put, I put food on the table. I put a roof over your head. I'm doing my job, no? <clears throat> 
Those are only pictures and foreshadows of what you're supposed to be doing, which is feeding them spiritually. It is leading them toward Jesus Christ. It is giving them a portion of the good bread. He said, I am the bread of life. If you're not feeding your family Jesus Christ, then you are falling short. And let me tell you one other thing that should scare the bejeebies out of you. You are you will be held accountable in the day of judgment for how you have led your family. In the same way, I will be held accountable for how I lead you. I feel so bad for some pastors because though they try to lead, and, and we're all flawed, but though they try to lead, they're continually fought against, and they, everybody's whining, and everybody's going, you remember how Moses was? Moses is like, look, the promised land is right there. The promised land is right here. We can go in. If you'll just shut up, get behind me. Let's give God the glory. Let's get on the right track. Let's remember the Lord. Let's give him everything that we've got. Let's put our eyes on him. Let's put our focus on him. Remember how he brought you out of Egypt. Remember how he supplied for you. Let's go over. Let's take the promised land. And they're like, I don't know. They're awful big over there. And Moses is like, it was a week ago God parted the sea. We walked across on dry land. He caved in on all of the soldiers and we were free. Yeah, but they're like six foot five. <laughs> you know, Moses struck the rock with the staff to get water out of it. I would have been striking Israelites. Not water, just blood. Next. <laughs> wouldn't get behind him. Wouldn't get behind him. Eve wouldn't get behind Adam. All of mankind. It is very important that we know our place. Oh, Lord. That's a hard word, ain't it? I thought this was going to be a happy sermon. Very important to know your place and love your place. <laughs> Let me jump over. I will say this, that I'm very thankful that we have a lot of people in here who are so humble. They are willing to do those jobs that nobody wants to do. I will give one name. Steve Brown. Steve in here? He's probably out there working right now. But I want to tell you something, I don't say that to glorify Steve Brown. And he'd say, oh, it's just what I do. But let me make something very clear. When I say everyone needs to know their role, please don't think that I'm saying that this is a greater role, that's a greater role, that's a greater role. Every role is great. Every role is great. Somebody has to be the right hand. Someone has to be the left hand. What Paul is saying is, I'm so glad that you all are okay with being the member and the part that you are. And you're not ticked off because you're not an eye or a nose or whatever. I'm thankful that here at the well, my job has been rather easy. I feel really bad for others. Now, not perfect, but life's not perfect. That's why we wait on Jesus' second coming. He goes on, it says, It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. Now, <clears throat> the partakers of grace, uh, I, I did a little, little bit of in-depth in uh, study there, and I want, this is where I kind of will end is if you, if you want to flip back over one book <clears throat> and look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Look at Ephesians 3, 8. Now I'll read it. We'll start right there. Paul, again, writing in Ephesians. Now remember Philippians chapter 1, it says uh, that you are partners with me, and then it goes on to say, and you are partakers with me of grace. 
And my question was, what, are, what does he mean by partakers of grace? What is this grace? And I think that yeah, we could put a couple of things in there. I mean, there's a lot of graces that the Lord grants to us, and that's wonderful, that's great. But I think that there's a specific uh, grace and a specific area that he's speaking of right here that absolutely applies to us, and I want you to see it. In uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, he says, let's start in verse 7. Paul says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. So of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, listen to this, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This grace was given to preach, listen, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now go back to Philippians chapter 1. And listen to this. He says this, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you. So he feels very grateful, very thankful that there are partners with him and, 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 and that the Lord's working in them and he's bringing them to this place of perfection and sanctification and they're getting cleaner and cleaner and more powerful and more powerful. And he says, I'm so thankful for that. And please hear the echo in my voice saying, I'm so thankful that God is working in you, that you are bound together, that we are working side by side. And though we may uh, trip, and though we may falter, we are working side by side for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you are partners with me. Many of you, from the day that we began, even until now, many of you have lifted me out of the miry clay when I myself have fallen. And I have done the same for you. We are partners in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the work that God has started in you, he will be faithful to continue and to complete in you because God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so continue on in that. And I would say in my thankfulness and in my praise uh, of you and what God has done in your life, I am right in feeling this way because, as Paul says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace. I believe that the grace that he is speaking of there, and there's more evidence right here, the grace that he is speaking of there is the calling and the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to an unbelieving nation and watch the kingdom of God explode. How many of you don't understand that? You, you must not understand what I've just said. Or you wouldn't be that quiet. He says, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I want you to, I want you to listen. Hold on. Skip over to 129. For it has been granted to you. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. You know what this grace is? This grace is the privilege to die alongside Jesus Christ for his glory, for his word. As we all stand to our feet, I want you to think for a moment. paint a picture for you as men and women of God who have partnered with me you are my partners you are my equals we may have different roles but we are men and women children of God and you are my partners in the gospel from the first day even until now and I'm so grateful for you I'm so wonderfully amazed at what is good what God is doing in you and he is faithful and will finish this work how many of you 
are about to quit because you think you're not appreciated around here. How many of you wonder if what you're doing matters? How many of you wonder if, if, if the work that you're doing with your hands is going to pay off? See, many of you might think that what I'm doing here today is giving you a thank you from my mouth that would motivate you to keep working. No. Because really, I'm not the one who keeps you faithful. If we were standing rightly, then we would have to do this. Oh, y'all turn around. This is the right posture. It is not about you. It is not about me. What keeps you going and what keeps me going is that we are partakers of the grace of God. We are proclaimers of God's word. And what is that? Is that we go out and we look someone in the eye and we say, don't you know that Jesus Christ was crucified for you? Don't you know that God has, has come down out of heaven and he has been slain on a cross that you might live? Don't you know that Jesus Christ is, is the God-man who came and he bore our sins on the tree? Don't you know that Jesus Christ was beaten within an inch of his life before he climbed up on the tree. Don't you know? Don't you know that he was naked and humiliated? Shame upon shame upon shame. He was hung up high for all to see. His privates were exposed and his blood ran down. He was on the tree for a very long time. and Well, there would have undoubtedly been a pile of blood and human excrement and urine at the bottom of the cross, a disgusting display for our Savior. Men and women hurled insults at him as they gathered around like they were watching a movie. Jesus Christ didn't say a word. Beaten, battered. The Bible says that he was marred so far beyond human recognition. Yet you know that wasn't the worst. You know that the scourging and the ripping of the flesh and the driving of the spikes into his hands and the crown of thorn that was buried into his brow so the blood ran down his eye. The hanging of him shamelessly and naked on the cross it was horrible, but it was not the worst. I want you to imagine right now if a gunman came in here and ripped your loved one from your arms. I want you to imagine now, those of you who have children, you're laying in bed and you're hugging your child tight and tucking him in, and a gunman comes in and rips your child out of your arms takes him out of the house to do unspeakable things horrible things Jesus Christ was beaten and murdered on a Roman cross but the greatest tragedy of all is that he was ripped from the presence of his father an eternal love that could not be broken was ripped in two because he laid his life down. You are partakers of that grace. You are sons and daughters of God. You have been given the words of life. You carry a jewel around with you with unspeakable value. You get to work alongside of your brothers and sisters to announce the coming of a king. There is no other way. There is no other payment.
Christ descended into the grave so that you could ascend into the heavens. This message, this proclamation of the gospel, it is your reward. One day you will stand with Christ and you will cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb, the Lord God Almighty. You will love him forevermore. And you will cast your eyes on him and he will make you whole. You have been renewed. You have been given life and you have been given a purpose. You have been given a calling. This calling is what holds you. This God, this God who has been lifted high, this Jesus who was crucified on a Roman cross, cut off from his father forever, forever. Forever, though it seemed, who was resurrected on the third day because death couldn't hold him, and forever became three days because this God man is perfect. And he cries, Oh, death, where is your sting? This is your reward. Christ is your reward. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for linking arms with me. This thing tomorrow night, this thing tomorrow night, it's progress. God's hearing your prayers. You are a soldier. Now march. March for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Get on your face for Jesus. Now who is ready to go? We're a family. I praise God for you. We're a family. Who's ready to go with me? Who's ready to go? Who, is, who loves Jesus in this room right now? Isn't it him? Isn't he worthy? I could die tomorrow. I could fall off the face of the earth tomorrow. We are still called. We will still go because God is worthy and Jesus Christ is worth it. Please be there tomorrow night because I need prayer warriors strategically placed throughout the congregation so that we can see God move in a way that we've never seen God move before. Come and worship with us. From the bottom of my heart today, thank you. Keep up the good work. Press into Jesus Christ. Never look back. He who started this work in you is faithful to see it through to the end. He will not stop. So don't you stop. I am a man, and I will fail, and I will fall. Will you help me up? I'll help you up. Will you help me up? We'll go together. We will march together, and we will follow him. We will follow him. The altar is open. Let's come and praise our holy God, the Jesus, the Jesus that we have come to love because of what he has done for us, the Jesus who is seated at the right hand of the Father, not the God who... If you love him right, he'll give you what you want and what you, no, 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 no. The one who you're willing to die for. I'm willing to die for him. Are you willing to die for him? Come and worship him. The altar is open. The altar is open. Praise God.